Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Ocean State Bird Club loves talking birds. Every month we invite you to see the latest avian activity around Rhode Island on one of our free walks. Check out our schedule on our website, OceanStateBirdClub.org. And follow us on Facebook for the latest and greatest in birding that Rhode Island has to offer. Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 740. Let's start off with some birds in the news. We have kind of a birds in the news theme here. Scientists in New England. Check that. New Zealand. That's a different place altogether. Scientists in New Zealand have discovered the world's largest parrot. More than three feet tall. Weighing upwards of 15 pounds. And sporting a massive and powerful beak. The bird has been named Heracles Inexpectatus. Thanks to its Herculean myth-like size and apparent strength and the unexpected nature of its discovery. But don't be afraid that you'll encounter one of these birds if you head into a New Zealand forest. The scientists in question are paleontologists and what they found was a 19 million year old fossil of this giant parrot that's been nicknamed Squawkzilla. Meanwhile, a little farther north in Ocean City, New Jersey, officials say they finally had enough of gulls making off with everybody's peanut butter and jelly sandwiches down at the beach and the boardwalk, so they've decided to spend about $2,000 a day to have an outfit called East Coast Falcons release falcons, hawks, and owls there every day from 10 to 10 as a way of warding off the gulls and making them return to what they refer to as their natural diet, uh, whatever that might be. Maybe they should try what the folks at New York City Audubon did at one time to protect nesting terns on Governor's Island in New York Harbor, They're restoring populations of terns there. A couple of years ago, they let the dogs out. The dogs ran around and the birds flew away. The dogs loved it, the terns avoided predation. It probably costs a lot less than $2,000 a day. Kind of the way I figured there. Well, speaking of New York City Audubon, here's another item that might qualify in Birds in the News. We could title it Mergansers in Manhattan or Golden Eyes in Gotham. But it's actually something called Birds on Broadway, the Audubon Sculpture Project. It's a series of 10 oversized wooden sculptures of New York City birds that are in danger of extinction due to climate change. The sculptures were created by Brooklyn-based artist Nicholas Holober, who fashioned them out of reclaimed lumber, including shipping pallets sourced from the streets of New York. He partnered with New York City Audubon and a local art gallery to raise awareness about a group of more than 300 imperiled birds in North America. The sculptures will be in place along the median of Broadway in Manhattan, stretching from 64th Street all the way to 157th Street until January 2020. And that is the sound of our mystery bird. Sounds a little bit like some birds we were just talking about, maybe. But anyway, it's our mystery bird contest preview here. 
So we're getting you ready for the contest. It'll come a little bit later on in the show this morning. Our bird, which feeds by diving for fish and some invertebrates, has a long, thin black bill with a pale yellow tip. Its body is white. Its back is pale gray. Its legs are black, and the feathers on the back of its head form a small, shaggy crest. It has a full black cap in breeding plumage with a pale forehead in winter. Here in the U.S., our bird is found on the Gulf Coast year-round and all along the Atlantic coast in the summer. We have some beautiful prizes, as usual, in our mystery bird contest, including the always super popular Droll Yankees Observer Window Feeder. Attaches right to your kitchen window or wherever you'd like to put it. Gives you an unobstructed view of the birds uh, coming to that feeder filled with seed or fruit or uh, suet or mealworms. Plus, a download to your iOS device or online access to a wonderful app. It's called LarkWire. It's the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. That's all in our mystery bird contest coming up uh, just a little bit later on in today's show. Uh, let's see, could we have a little British music, please? Perfect. Tim is standing at attention there. He's I see, dear boy. Good show. Got his bearskin yes. cap on and the whole yes, thing. That yes. looks jolly lovely. good. Ah. From across the pond in the great city of London comes our newest Talking Birds ambassador, Emily Corey, who has not only become an ambassador, but she has also given us permission to say the name of the street on which she lives. And there's a reason we asked about that, because she lives on Eagle Avenue. She says, I must have listened to a third of your back catalog already in the last few months. My childhood love of nature returned with a passion this year, and I'm really glad to have happened upon your show. As a 30-year-old Londoner, my friendship circle don't quite get it. In fact, they now call me the crazy bird lady. <laughs> well, we don't think you're crazy at all, Emily, that's for sure, and we th thank you for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join sane and passionate nature lover Emily Corey from Eagle Avenue in London along with now 385 other Talking Birds listeners in our Ambassadors family. If you join up, we'll send you some of our info cards for you to hand out at your convenience to friends and neighbors and fellow birders. To become an ambassador, just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com, click on the Contact button, and choose the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come on our show today, we'll talk with a young birder from Canada who has an innovative idea for getting other folks his age to become birders, too. Plus, Mike O'Connor from the legendary Birdwatcher's General Store on Cape Cod will be here for Let's Ask Mike Live. He'll enlighten us on the topic of myths about martins and other things. And up next, we'll meet two very similar birds and see if we can tell them apart in our featured Feathered Friends segment presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. There are birds named for the color of their heads, color of their chests, their feet, their vents, their whiskers, their fronts, their backs, their caps, their sides, their crowns, their throats, their bills, their breasts, and their bellies. But we can only think of two commonly occurring North American species named for the color of their legs, their yellow legs, that is. Right, the greater yellow legs and the lesser yellow legs. 
They're both slim and elegant, long-legged shorebirds with mottled gray and black upper parts, white underparts with streaked upper breasts and sides, and long, thin bills. If you see them together, they're fairly easy to separate, as the greater yellow legs is quite a bit bigger, up to 14 inches long, while the lesser yellow legs averages 10 to 11 inches in length. The greater yellow legs has a slightly upturned bill that's usually about one and a half times the length of its head, while the lesser yellow legs straight bill is generally just a bit longer than its head, though there's a fair amount of variation in those lengths. The greater yellow legs is also a much more active and frantic feeder along mud flats and wet edges compared to the calmer, frequently pausing lesser. But the voices may be the best way to separate these two very similar birds. The greater tends to have a higher pitched and louder call, usually in three or four syllable phrases, while the lesser has a softer voice and tends to sound off in one or two syllables. Here's a demonstration. First, the greater yellow legs. And now the lesser yellow legs. Greater, lesser. Tringa melanoluca, the greater yellow legs, and Tringa flavipes, the lesser yellow legs, challenging birders everywhere to figure out which is which and serving as today's talking birds, featured feathered friends. Welcome again to our show, number 740. As always, we extend the invitation to visit our website, TalkinBirds.com, no G in Talkin', and to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Talkin' Birds. Well, inspired by a dream to protect wildlife in their habitats, a 14-year-old nature photographer, gamer, and birder from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, created Find the Birds. U.S. and Canada, a mobile game concept designed to entice other young folks to appreciate birds and nature. His name is Adam Dalla, and he's about to join us on the phone from the Southeast Arizona Birding Festival in Tucson, where he's manning a booth to showcase his concept. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Ray. Thanks Good. for having me. Well, you're very welcome, and thanks uh, thanks for joining us uh, all the way down there in Arizona. Long trip for you, and I want to ask you, of course, about Find the Birds, but first tell us, Adam, what you've been seeing and uh, hearing at the festival there. Uh, well, the festival has been an amazing experience. It's fantastic to be surrounded by people who are so passionate about birds mm -hmm. and conservation. Um, well, I heard, I, I'm hearing a lot of things about uh, this game, almost cutting-edge kind of conservation, um, birding kind of techniques that people are talking about at this festival. Mm -hmm. And also I've been on a, a few trips with uh, many other festival goers, and we've been talking about the game and birds and all that good things. So there's there, there's a lot of things going on here. Birds, even in just in the hotel, there was a Cooper's hawk outside our window. Oh my gosh! Um, so so it's just an amazing experience, an amazing place, mm -hmm. and of course it's Southeast Arizona, so there's amazing <laughs> birds. <laughs> Indeed. So the response uh, to the game so far you're getting from folks uh, at the festival? It's largely positive. It's um, 
I think people recognize it as something that's um, really needed um, in today's society, especially in the birding world, because you look out there, and it's fantastic, but many of the people are well into their retirement age, Mm -hmm. and I think it's really important to get young people involved, and I think this Mm -hmm. is the perfect way to do that. Give us a quick meeting, their familiar medium and something mm-hmm. interactive, right? So, give us a quick uh, overview of how it works. Uh, well, find the birds at this point is a concept, obviously. So, mm-hmm. right now we're thinking it's you're walking across this two D plane, and uh, you're using, of course, your fingers on your mobile phone or tablet. You move your character around and look at birds, do conservation quests, and kind of explore all of the amazing hotspots of North America mm-hmm. because we're so we're so um, lucky to have so many spots here that are so familiar to us. We don't need to make anything up. It's already all there. Uh-huh. Um, all the hotspots are there. And so Madera Canyon in Arizona, um, it basically there's hundreds and hundreds, so probably the problem will be finding which ones to choose, um, uh, how, which how ones to, to do, and finding the most diverse species and mm-hmm. finding them and putting them in your virtual field guide, which mm-hmm. would be a big part of this game. Okay, narrowing it down. Well, you said that one of the things that strikes you, uh, Adam, when you're out in the field is the lack of other kids out there, and it's your hope the game will get more people in- interested in learning uh, about and protecting birds in their environment, young people. But one of the things that keeps kids from getting out into nature is that they're on electronic devices much of the time. Are you concerned that a mobile game like yours will keep kids on their devices instead of going outdoors, or is the way you've designed this not going to make that a problem? Oh, well, I don't, I don't think that will be a problem because we're trying to design it as not just a game but a stepping stone to actually, because the goal of this game is not for them to just play the game. Mm-hmm. It's for them to get outdoors and be inspired by it to do real conservation projects and just go out there and enjoy nature. So, There'll be many different, many different like tips and even bonuses maybe in the game for going outside and that kind of thing. Uh huh. Okay. So find the birds is uh, not available yet. It's still in the what concept phase, I guess. Where where are you in the process of getting this released? And how can folks follow your progress and get that game when it's available? Uh, well, right now we're in the funding stage, which is arguably the hardest part of the project. <laughs> Um, and um, a lot of people see it and they think it's a lot of money, but um, it's it's a professionally made game and you need that much money to create it. And um, so right now we're just looking for sponsors and individual donors mm-hmm. to help us achieve our goal, which is on our GoFundMe site at findthebirds.com. And um, really, hopefully by spring of 2020, we'll be able to get a demo out there, but that's obviously... Uh, hopeful, but I think it's best to be hopeful about things like this. You got to be hopeful. And, um, yeah. If uh, if anyone wants to uh, stay tuned, uh, you can follow uh, my social media accounts, or more importantly, findthebirds dot com, and all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all that good stuff. Findthebirds dot com. By the way, uh, Adam, you're also the recipient of the American Birding Association's 2018 Young Birder. Of the Year Award. Tell us about that. How did that come about? Um, well, it was quite a while ago now, but it was obviously an amazing uh, thing for me, and it was amazing uh, working with the ABA. They're, they're an amazing company, um, and it really kind of inspired me to go further with this whole conservation slash bird mm-hmm. passion, and um, 
they were helpful enough to give many contacts and um, just give me a lot of help on how to do this project. So I'm very grateful for the ABA and on what they've done for me and what they've done for the whole birding community. Mm-hmm. And we're grateful to you because you're also a Talking Birds ambassador. So I wanted to toss that in there and thank you. And thank you Love your radio show, radio show, Ray. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Adam Dalla is the creator of Find the Birds, uh, U.S. and Canada, a mobile game concept designed to entice other young folks to appreciate birds and nature. Check it out and follow his progress at findthebirds.com. Adam joined us from the Southeast Arizona Birding Festival. Thanks, Adam, and good luck with Find the Birds. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Adam Dalla here on Talking Birds, where the Mystery Bird Contest uh, is coming along here in just one minute. The North American Butterfly Association is launching the Butterfly Habitat Network, a new continent-wide conservation initiative. Using decades of accumulated knowledge, NABA is scaling up efforts to protect, enhance, and create habitat specifically for butterflies. Butterflies are important pollinators of native plants and represent as caterpillars a major food resource for birds. Habitats critical to butterflies are essential to nesting waterfowl, neotropical migratory birds, upland game birds, and more. The NABA Board of Directors and staff have selected projects across North America as a starting point of the Butterfly Habitat Network. If we can save butterflies, we can save ourselves. It's more than just a slogan. It's the understanding that adequate, well-cared-for space for the wildlife of this planet will ensure survival and quality of life for human beings. Find out how you can help by visiting naba.org. By the way, if you usually listen to our show not live, we do the show live uh, here uh, from the East Coast from 9.30 to 10 on Sunday mornings, 9.30 to 10. And um, there's a way to listen live that's uh, pretty easy. If you go to TalkingBirds.com, you can uh, see how to do it. Just click where it says Listen uh, for the easy instructions on how to listen live and then maybe take part in our Mystery Bird Contest. By the way, you can also listen to our past shows through the podcast app that's built into your iPhone or the Google Podcast app on your Android phone and type Talking Birds in the search bar and you can get us that way too. Mystery Bird Contest, try to identify this bird. You're eligible in our contest, by the way, if you haven't been a winner here in the past six months on Talking Birds. I'm going to give you the number now, then we'll give the description and prizes and the number again. It's 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. Our mystery bird, which dives for fish and some invertebrates, has a long, thin black bill with a pale yellow tip. Its body is white, its back is pale gray, its legs are black. The feathers on the back of its head form a small shaggy crest. It has a full black cap and breeding plumage, a pale forehead in the winter. Here in the U.S., our bird is found along the Gulf Coast year-round and all along the Atlantic Coast in the summer. Our prizes include the Droll Yankees Observer Window Feeder that lets you see the birds right up close with an unobstructed view. It holds a couple of cups of seed or fruit or suet or mealworms. Bonus prize, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app. That's the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. That's our mystery bird there. What do you think it is? 781-837-4900 
is the number to call. To tell us what that bird is or take your guess, no correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner from all of our callers. 781-837-4900. Right now, Tim is calling Mike O'Connor. Uh, get us ready here for our Let's Ask Mike segment in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Brian, and I live outside of Albany, New York. I became an ambassador because birds are vital to us, whether people know it or not. And it's important that we do what we can to get the word out there about the importance of not only birds, but nature in general. Talkin' Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talkin' Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkinBirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkinBirds.com. And thanks. It's Mike O'Connor time. He's down there at the famous Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod. We call the segment Let's Ask Mike, but today we have kind of a sub-segment. You might call it Mike's Morning Martin Mythbusters moment. Mythbusters. That needs a little work. That's not easy. That was hard. I've been practicing that uh, for the last few minutes here. Yeah. First of all, that, that your guest, oh my God, impressive. 14 years old. Are you kidding me? That, that's pretty cool. When I was 14, I still couldn't put my shoes on the right feet. And he's inventing yeah. a game and getting all kinds of birding awards. Pretty so amazing. I remember you used, to, you used to spill the lemonade when you had that booth there when you were 14, <laughs> selling that. <laughs> my old lemonade stand. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, I, and thanks for coming to that, by the way. Yeah, I just I didn't feel so good after after <laughs> drinking that lemonade. The antidote was extra, and you knew it. <laughs> so you talked about banding birds last week, Mike. Now you kind of an extension of that this morning. Well, what I yeah I had I talked about a demonstration I had seen about banding purple martins. Yeah, and and now and forever people still think uh, martins are a good way to uh, rid your area of mosquitoes because martins, of course, are insect eaters, and one of me. Uh, Martin House Manufacturer kind of keyed on that and advertised that they would eat up to 2,000 mosquitoes a day, which who wouldn't want to get rid of 2,000 mosquitoes? But I think the the catchphrase they used was they can eat up to, and they can, but they typically don't. Mm. You know, you know, I could eat 2,000 mosquitoes a day, but I don't. Not usually, no. Not unless they're covered in chocolate. Then, so how do they know they can eat 2,000 if they don't do it? Well, they just they just guess that they could because huh. they're insect eaters, okay. and you know if they if they ate a lot, and then they translate into eating a lot of mosquitoes. But typically, hmm. martins eat larger insects, especially when they're up here when they have families. They actually feed their young larger things like butterflies and moths and dragonflies, hmm. which which you know they they couldn't stuff a little mosquito in. I mean, they could in a baby's mouth, but to get the kid a meal, they put it a whole moth or a dragonfly, and basically. Martins forage way up, almost beyond what we can see. They're high foragers where mosquitoes tend to stay close to the ground. Mm. And as you know, mosquitoes tend to be a problem at dusk when we're out, like when I have a, you know, a cookout in the yard or something at the end of the day, and that's when they become a problem. Where martins and most birds forage during the day, not in the, you know, not as it's getting dark. Mm. So they don't even 
they don't even overlap these two species. The mosquitoes mm-hmm. are out at night, birds are out during the day, mm-hmm. and so they don't even interact with each other. And more importantly, worse than that, is that uh, one of the Martin's big favorite foods to feed their babies are dragonflies, and they, they stuff a whole dragonfly in their baby's mouth. Dragonflies are mosquito eaters. The mosquitoes, and especially at the larva stage, the dragonfly larvae eat on uh, mosquito larvae. So, yes, we should promote martins for sure. Put up a house if you have the right habitat and they're cool birds to have, but not with the thought of them eating your mosquitoes. That's just a little bit of a marketing thing so some guy can sell birdhouses. Yeah. Which is nothing wrong with that. I like selling birdhouses. You like that part, the selling the birdhouse? Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought we might get to that at some point. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Mike. All right, we'll talk to you next week. All right, Mike O'Connor down there at the uh, Justly Legendary. Uh, Birdwatchers General Store on Cape Cod. They have birdhouses and lots of other uh, stuff down there, uh, I'm told. No, because I've been there. It's a great store. Many times. Yes. Tim, you've been there, too? Yeah. Right? yeah. It is an amazing place. Meanwhile, we're back here at the Mystery Bird Contest. Trying to identify this mystery bird. But uh, before we get back to the actual contest in, in more detail, uh, we have this important message. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Okay, the mystery bird contest. We've been hearing that bird a little bit here. It's a bird that feeds by diving for fish and some invertebrates. It has a long, thin black bill with a pale yellow tip. Its body is white. Its back is pale gray. Its legs are black. Its feathers on the back of its head uh, form a small, shaggy crest. It has a full black cap and breeding plumage with a pale forehead in winter. What is our mystery bird? 781-837-4900. We have Don in Center Harbor, New Hampshire. Good morning, Don. Morning, Ray. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Uh, Remind us where Center Harbor is. I know it's in New Hampshire. Um, it's uh, just north of Meredith Bay on Lake Winnipesaukee. I'm actually sitting on Lake Wakiwan looking at uh, my bird feeders where I've seen a hummingbird and several woodpeckers already today. Oh, very nice. Okay, so you haven't seen our mystery bird, but you've heard about it and uh, got the clues yeah. and all that. So um, what do you say that is, Don? I believe that's a sandwich turn. Tim is nodding. And I don't mean nodding Yay. off. We have a winner. <laughs> Sandwich turn is absolutely correct. Uh, nice going, Don. It just occurred to me, Don, that you're one of our ambassadors up there That's in true. Harbor, New Hampshire. Just you read my, my story about the uh, owl in the house recently. That's right. The screech owl you had perched on your windowsill. Correct. Yeah. yeah. You never did figure wow. out how that came about, right? No, I never did. I saw an imprint of a screech owl's face on my picture window that day, and I wonder if he hit the window, got confused, and found his way in with a headache. Wow, yeah. So you must wonder if other creatures can get into your house at this point, now that he's uh, kind of done that, right? I know. Well, nothing's happened since. All right, well, keep us informed. Will do, will do. (laughs) Thank you very much. All right, thank you, Don. Correctly identifying there the sandwich turn as our mystery bird on this morning's show, which is uh, just about coming to the end here. looks like our time is uh, pretty much uh, almost out. Well, because there's no such thing as an environmentally safe released balloon, 
They rise from where they're released and are blown to where the wind takes them until they pop and return to Earth as toxic plastic trash. Some folks in Florida started a group called Balloons Blow to educate the public about the destructive effects released balloons have on birds as well as on other creatures, including humans, and on our environment in general. So on next week's show, one of the folks who founded that group, Danielle Vosberg, will join us here as our special guest. That's our next week's show here on Talking Birds. Please do follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Talking Birds. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, and our producing engineer, Tim McKenney. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Ocean State Bird Club loves talking birds. Every month we invite you to see the latest avian activity around Rhode Island on one of our free walks. Check out our schedule on our website, OceanStateBirdClub.org. And follow us on Facebook for the latest and greatest in birding that Rhode Island has to offer. Ocean State Bird Club.